0: I'm going to hold my hands up and admit to complete unashamed bias in this episode of the North Coast 500 podcast, because if you ask me where is hands down my favorite part of Scotland, if not the world, I would say Ascent. I'm Penny Stewart.
1: And I'm Dan Holland. And I love this part of Scotland too. I'm perhaps even a little bit more biased because slightly to the south of Ascent for me is home, but find out a bit more about the area. We've been joined by Ben Muller from Mackenzie Mountaineering who are based in Olapool. Ben, start us off, just put us on a map geographically, where is Ascent for people who maybe don't know the area so well?
2: Yeah, no, no problem. Um, so Ascent, if you come from Inverness, it's probably an hour and 15 minute drive. Um, you pass Olapool and just another five, ten minutes further north you will see the first mountains of ascent and you're coming into an area which is absolutely fantastic.
0: So today Ben you've brought us to, to the start of ascent but where exactly have you you brought us so we can get a view.
2: Yeah, we we just at a it's a border almost if you want. Um, we've been a, just walked uh, briefly to Rue Lighthouse uh, which is a very short uh, walk from the car park and from here we have already a good view on Benbow Keugach which is pretty much the start of Ascent and if we go further along the coast we just get a better and better view onto the Ascent Hills.
1: So we're down here by the sea by a lighthouse there's not many things get better on my bucket list um, as well as taking a walk and a talk through this remarkable landscape I'm going to be snorkeling along its shores.
3: The most beautiful sight to see under the water there. And the, did you see the way the light was coming through? Of course, it just becomes dappled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just stunning.
0: And I'm going to be diving into the story of what makes a Lochim pie quite so delicious.
4: Our pies are different. I mean, they're, they're bursting with filling. I mean, it is uh, a ratio of probably yeah one part pastry, three parts uh, filling. Yeah.
1: Mm, plus, we'll be hearing about the extraordinary geology of Assent.
5: We have the oldest rocks in, in Western Europe. We have the oldest um, sedimentary rocks, the Torridonian there. We have a record of a a meteorite impact. Um, We have some of the earliest life forms in in terms of cyanobacteria that we have and those those is the life which released the oxygen into the atmosphere to start off with.
1: All that to come, but Ben, from a a hill-walking perspective, how much does this area offer you in terms of mountain guiding?
2: Um, Ascent is very unique, you, you won't find anything like that in Scotland, um, so if you take the Central Highlands, they're, they're very generally very similar. If you take the south of Alapool, it's very comparable to what you find in other places in Scotland, but if you go north of Alapool into Ascent, it's like literally unique and you have single mountains sticking out of the moorland and that makes it so interesting to walk on. So you have plenty of opportunities to to, to roam around, sometimes on pass, sometimes without, to just explore this kind of, yeah, history of stones as well, geology.
0: I mean, I know from personal experience, (coughs) Ascent can be pretty wild on the weather front. It's fairly wild today, the the, the wind's up and the, the sea's boiling away in the background. Is it an area where, because of the weather challenges, you're going to get more from it if we if we come here with a guide like yourself, do you think?
2: Yes, I, I would agree to that, because we know the area fairly well, and um, because of that, depending on the wind direction, wind speed, um, obviously rain or no rain, sunshine, we can tailor suit to walk and um, find shelter sometimes. So if it's a really windy day, we might not go up a mountain, but we go to a limestone cave, the entry of it. Or if it's a really good Day, we'd take obviously one of the best mountains in Ben Murkoygach or Kalmor um, or obviously Cunjak. So it's the crown of all of, probably in the north of Ascent.
1: Well, one thing you cannot miss when you walk around the Northwest Highlands is the geology. We've already been talking about it. The geology of this area is so significant and important, it's been designated a UNESCO Global Geopark. I met Pete Harrison from the North West Highlands Geopark at Knock and Crag to find out more about what exactly that means and about the history of these ancient rocks we're standing on. I can see Benmoor Coigach I can see Stack Polly I can see Cool Moor Is that Cool Beg? Cool Beg, yeah. <laughs> there? <laughs> yeah. Round the corner we've got, got can- canisp, canisp as well, yeah. Sylvan's just Silver's over, the, over the hill, yeah. A bit further on, we've got Quinag as well. Mm -hmm. So we can see some beautiful mountains, some really well-known mountains in the Northwest Highlands. There's a loch below us, there's heather, there's peat. That's Mm -hmm. what I see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But tell me what you see.
5: (laughs) Well, I see exactly the same, but I have a a layer of interpretation, I suppose, underneath that. Uh, but, But what I see is those mountains. I see that surface. Um, but I also see an extra dimension of time. Um, The mountains you've just mentioned, the ones in front of us there, are all made of a rock called Torridonian sandstone, um, which as the name suggests, um, has its type area in Torridon, and it's mostly sands and pebbles and a little bit of mud and so on. Underneath that, is a layer of a really ancient rock, what's called a Louisian gneiss Um, and that's actually the oldest rock we've got here in in Western Europe. Now we can't actually see any here from Nocken where we are at the moment, but they're down in the valley between Kullberg and Colmore, towards Stack Polly and where that valley is eroded out it cuts down onto the Louisian gneiss. Um, in some places you can see the horizontal ledges of the Torridonian. So this this hill on the, on just to the right of Stack you can see, is, comes down in a series of ledges. So that's Torridonian sandstone, and almost can, horizontal ledges. You
1: can see them quite clearly up at the top, can't you? You yeah. Is that the layers you're talking yep. about? Yes, that's There's it. There's about that's three it, or exactly. four of them.
5: Yep. Uh, and actually, with a little bit of snow on them sometimes, it's even clearer because it will just pick out the ledges for you and it's doing that. But those are all Torridonian. And Culmore on a, our right here, is also horizontally uh, bedded Torridonian but there is actually a layer of a a younger rock sloping up and actually it just clips the left and the right-hand peaks of Culmore, and that's referred to as a quartzite, a Cambrian quartzite. It's a really hard white rock um, and you see it on a number of the mountain tops around here. At its highest the mountains around here were uh, of of the same sort of scale as the Himalayas so you're talking um, probably 10 times higher than, than they are now. Um, now, that there's been a lot of erosion since then. I mean, it's been 400 million years of erosion uh, and then the ice in the last 2 million years. So, yeah, a huge quantity of rockers has now gone. Um,
1: it's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> absolutely fascinating. <laughs> Tell me, what is the Northwest Highland Geopark and what is it that you do?
5: Well, the, the Geopark um, was really set up initially as, as a sort of partnership between a number of the agencies, including uh, Highland Council, the British Geological Survey, um, Vis- Visit Scotland, these sorts of people. Um, um, but it's now been taken over very much more by the community, so it's very much a, a bottom-up organisation. Geoparks come from the people, um, and what it's about, it's about celebrating our geology and our landscape, in a very positive way and in, in an educational way, um, but it's also using it hopefully to help stimulate um, a little bit of economic development, sustainable economic development as well. So it, it, it has lots of branches to it, but those are probably the two main branches to the geopark.
1: Why is there a geopark here in the northwest Highlands right, yes, on okay. this part of the North Coast 500?
5: Yeah. Yep. Well, it, 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 it is what? a very unique landscape, basically. It's a world-class landscape, and some of the, the rocks I started to tell you about there uh, are unique to this part of the world. Uh, and it's a very old part of the storyline. So, as I say, we have the oldest rocks in, in Western Europe. We have the oldest um, sedimentary rocks, the Torridonian there. We have a record of a, a meteorite impact. Um, we have some of the earliest life forms in, in terms of cyanobacteria that we have, and those... Those is the life which released the oxygen into the atmosphere to start off with. Um, And it's also a place um, where uh, the controversies behind mountain building uh, and the theories behind mountain building were discussed and developed.
1: We're standing at Knock and Crag, the National Nature Reserve, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the, I guess it's the jewel in the crown of the geopark in some respects, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's often very busy. But this isn't the only part of the geopark where you're going to get information about the geology here, about some of the, the rock trails. Tell me about how you're spreading information for visitors around the rest of the whole of the geopark. Because it runs mm. from Loch Arabel up near Durness to Ullapool in, in the south here. Yep. Yep.
5: The site here is owned by Nature Scott uh, and it's operated by Nature Scott and they developed a trail here which is an open trail, an unmanned trail but it means that people can access it at any time uh, basically and there are people here walking around the whole the whole of the year. Um, they also put in uh, what's referred to as a rock route so there are 14 interpretation panels um, from Ullapool in the south right up to Loch Erebel in the north and each of those uh, 14 interpretation panels tell you a little bit about the, that landscape storyline that I was talking about. We also have a centre at Unapool uh, near Kailiskew there which is open during the season it has a, a free exhibition there it has a shop and a cafe as well but it has a free exhibition there where we're trying to pass on that storyline to visitors
1: Tell me a bit more about the Pebble routes Pete because they're, they're aimed at directly getting people away from the main road aren't they? Explore more of the Geopark.
5: They are, I mean what we would certainly like to do in the Geopark is get People to stay longer and to look and to understand the landscape a little bit. So what the pebble routes do? Uh, there are six of them in the pack, and it takes people off the North Coast 500 into those smaller communities, basically. So um, so they can see a little bit of the geology um, and they can find out something about those communities.
1: As the geologist for the geopark, you know the place intrinsically. You look at it in that fourth dimension as well.
0: Hmm.
1: Where's your favourite place? Where's the place that really fascinates <laughs> oh <gosh>. you? <laughs>
5: um, where fascinates? Th- I think probably Loch Cool actually, which which is where our um, centre is, uh, which is called the Rock Stop. And looking up Loch Cool, you can see the Moine Thrust the stack of Glencool and there are other fl- thrust faults lower down it's a huge glaciated valley um, so it is really very awe-inspiring there um, and it's a wonderful place to stop and have a cup of coffee and look up there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and just lastly just remind us of the Geoparks website again.
5: Yes yeah, it's www.nwhgeopark.com uh, and there's lots of information on there um, we run courses as well so have a look at it and see if there's anything there that did interest you. Yeah.
1: Pete, thank you so much. I'm never gonna look at this bit of the landscape again <laughs> in the same way.
5: You've only just started the, the journey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dan was with Pete Harrison of the Northwest Geopark. I can't get over the idea that this place used to be ten times higher. It's I massive. can't get my head around just that
1: fall. Massive. And the thing I fight struggle to get my head around is the time scales involved you know we're standing on things that are some of the oldest rock on the planet potentially it's incredible this is the north coast 500 podcast for more info just head to northcoast500.com in this episode we're with ben muller from Mackenzie mountaineering ben i found that knowing more about the geology of this landscape gives me Kind of an added experience. It gives me an extra layer of appreciation. Do you find that? And when you guide people through these hills, do you get the same? Do they get the same experience?
2: For us, it's very important to connect to the land. So if we walk with someone, we're trying to fill like information gaps in a way of right from the start with the geology, but also when people lived there, because Scotland is very connected to the land with the crofters, with the history. And the best to experience is, is is on a walk.
0: Do you find a personal connection because of that as yes, well? Yes,
2: yes, absolutely. So I feel very connected to Scotland, and um, I have days where I'm just walking around and I just feel very settled, very calm. And I think it's because of we are connected to where we walk and the land we live on, and and that just sometimes you need to walk over it to feel it.
0: The geology around here, as we've heard, is pretty awe-inspiring and it, it's a place which lots of people have painted and photographed and written about. Um, the, the famous Scottish poet Norman K. wrote about Ascent, a man in Ascent he wrote. You've had lots of people come here, you bring people here. I mean, have you any thoughts on what it is about this particular landscape that captures so many people?
2: It's a t- difficult one but I think there's a lot of things coming together. You have the water you have the mountains, and you have some kind of emptiness, um, which you don't find anywhere else in Scotland like that. We're missing any trees, of course, up here, because either they got uh, felt, or the weather is too harsh that they can grow again, or never grow that big. And there has something that that is missing as well. And the rocks are so old and open to the ground as well. So you, you really have that kind of bare ground. And I think all that combined, has this appeal where people come back, write about, paint about, all these things you can, you can do, actually.
1: I think it's, for me, it's something to do with the, that openness you described, but it's the interface between land and sea. Yeah. For me here, the sea is so much part of the landscape and the environment, in exactly the same way that the hills are. I mean, where we're standing, we, we look out over Annette Bay out into the Minch, and on a beautiful sunset, you can see almost all of the Hebrides. You know, I've sat here, and I've seen the north end of Lewis, and I've seen south of the Clishan on Harris, in one panoramic view. And then beyond that, it's the North Atlantic. It's just wild open space that is beautiful for me, I think.
0: I think for me, it's although they're not the highest hills around in Scotland by, by any stretch, it's something to do with going up rather than necessarily looking at the sea the side of it. It's that business of being up on top of Sylvan or Stack Poly or whichever one you've gone up and you can see the lockens kind of scattered beneath you as if someone's broken glass and kind of thrown it down. And just something about it makes me stop and think, you know what, this has been here forever. It's gonna be here forever. Your problems really aren't that big. Yeah, yeah. And it, it feels like I, I recalibrate absolutely and i've always felt that here more than anywhere else you're for just some a reason.
1: little moment in that sort of you're passage of it all passing through yes. right yeah
2: uh, absolutely <clears throat> and when we see that with guests as well so sometimes we walk south of alapoo with them and then we move north with them on another day and they're just awestruck and they just come back and back and back because they've seen it once and they can't get it out of their heads anymore
0: well for lots of the reasons we've been talking about the hills in Assent are legendary for hill walkers. Another part of Assent, which has become something of a legend, is the award-winning Loughinverlade pie. I headed to Lochimver to meet the team behind the scenes, busy making pies with passion.
4: Uh, Duncan Cameron, I'm the hospitality director at Rose Hospitality, which is the uh, parent company of Loughinverlade. Lewis MacLeod
0: and I'm the chief pie maker.
4: <laughs> and I'm Corneijfen
6: Yarsveld and I'm the general manager of the ladder.
0: Do you know all of the fillings Lewis? Off by heart? Probably I could go through them all, yes. Right, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so
3: there's venison, steak and ale, pork apple cider, pork chorizo manchego, salmon, chicken and ham, chicken and mushroom, chicken curry, butternut squash, sweet potato and goat's cheese. Call for broccoli and cheese, chestnut, mushroom, and red wine. There's a special pie at the moment. There's smoked haddock. There's haggis, neeps, and tatties. There's vegetarian haggis, neeps, and tatties. I think that's all the savoury ones. And the sweet ones. There's apple, blackcurrant, apple, rhubarb, strawberry, apricot, and peach. Chocolate, pear, and almond. And just now there's a cherry and almond pie. I think yeah. that's the all, is it? That's
0: all <laughs>
6: so this is the heart of the heart of the business this is where everything starts from so you've got a pastry break up here that can do 15 batches of 55 pies within a day so we, we can do easily 800 pies a day so once the pastry breaks up and running it's quite a a cloudy room obviously the, the flour going everywhere it's a flavor that you can almost there's there's something that tastes in the air which you can you can start tasting that buttery nice beautiful pastry which we've got yeah so that's that's.
0: Yes, you can smell the buttery stuff. Yeah, the
6: butteriness, can, the butteriness of the, the room, <laughs> and we've got a buttery walls to match. <laughs>
4: About yeah. thirty six years ago, uh, Ian and Deborah Stewart. Ian was a steel trader, uh, and I think they were based over in Africa. Uh, came back to Lochinver where his family still live, what we're led to believe that um, his mother was here then, um, and without any catering experience, decided to open a, a, a pie shop. And the pies were a lot bigger back then. There was a, a limited range. There were more sort of family-sized pies. Uh, and I think he was really surprised by the success. As it got more successful, the building, we look at old back black and white pictures, believe it or not, and you can see the building is getting slowly bigger. Where we're sitting now is, wasn't here originally. This is where they lived. Um, so they lived and breathed the business for, well, 30, yeah, 36 years. And then we uh, acquired the business back in early 2000. Uh, so we took over in January 2020, lockdown happened in March 2020. We had to really think on our feet about how we reopened this business when we couldn't reopen because it was an indoor business. Um, I went on the lookout for a food trailer and came across the uh, the truck that, that we now trade from exclusively because we don't have an indoor business, even though we can now. And it's really successful. And last year we sold uh, 172,000 pies. Yeah. 150 of those were sold over the counter, from a riverside pie truck.
0: What is it about the pies, which is so good? I mean, they are legendary. People do come here to eat the pies. Why? What's the secret? Any idea, Lewis? You're busy down there in the kitchen, Uh, helping to make them. I think the pastry,
3: it's a different, you don't, it's short crust pastry, and you don't really see a lot of that type of pastry in pies. I think that's definitely one of them. And I think the filling is a good ingredients. We use all fresh local ingredients.
6: I think it's uh, for me the pastry has got a big part to play in it, but I think it's the the filling we do. It's the ratio of the filling compared to the pie, the quality, the flavours. We we try and keep it simple. the The simplicity of the menu. We don't use fancy names with our pies. We don't use fancy gadgets to make it. I think it's a traditional aspect of hand crimping the pie. the The fillings get made on site. I think it's the freshness of the, of the product that actually stands out for me. But it's, it's a different uniqueness of every pie, because not every pie looks the same, but every pie tastes the same, and that's what makes it quite unique for me. Mm.
0: So, so here we, we have pie point. production going on. This is the chicken, mushroom. Chicken, leek and mushroom. tell you what there's no skimping on filling is
6: there there definitely is not Uh, especially (laughs) Ailey Ailey's got a tendency to to bilk them a bit bigger than what we always would joke about but yeah it's it's more it's not about quantity over quality it's about combining both and if you see the way Ailey's been just the way she's crimping that that pie there it's a way of years of experience it's not something you get everywhere so Ailey, Ailey shows a lot of our staff how to to do it but just generally the filling which we've got in there is not a skinny pie as we call it around here Um, there's everything is full to the brim and the filling um, three to one so one percent uh, one part pastry three percent uh, three parts filling it is just it's a thing of beauty
4: yeah it was interesting when we're at the British pie awards last week of which we won the best Scottish meat pie um, we were told that uh, a great pie is 50% filling 50% pastry and we were quite surprised at that because we pride ourselves we're different because we're probably 80% filling and john john re- describes the pastry as a delicate wrap around an a la carte filling uh, our pies are different i mean they're, they're bursting with filling i mean it is uh, a ratio of probably yeah one part pastry three parts uh, yeah. filling and some people sort of see our pies and question the price until they have one and they have the first one and like that's 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 a meal in itself and they keep place coming back yeah.
0: so presumably this is where you're making all the fillings
4: yeah
3: this is where we make predominantly all the meat fillings because we can we can get about 30 keels at a time so i make so in the summer we can be making about 120 keels of steak and ale 120 keels of venison a week wow. and it gets really busy yeah so these this is without this we wouldn't be able to do what we can do this is one of the most important Piece of kit in the kitchen. Cooks for about four hours. It's taking down the mess and sort of builds up flavour.
0: You enjoy this?
3: I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, especially when the awards. It's good that your your hard work's paying off.
0: How do you keep it so consistent in terms of the flavour? Are you always having to kind of just keep checking it, tasting it?
3: Yeah, you do. T- you have to keep tasting them. Yeah. I've been making them for so long, and all the recipes off the back of my hand. But yeah, you do. There's a recipe that we everyone to, to follow.
0: A secret recipe no no don't have to kill you this time no <laughs> <laughs> favorite pie if you have to have a favorite child i'm going to force you all <laughs> to have a favorite pie uh duncan you can be on the spot first favorite pie chicken and ham chicken and ham Pork Lewis? apple cider pork apple and cider yep. Where's, um,
6: broccoli f- cauliflower and cheese oh
0: that sounds good doesn't it?
6: So this is the final product which we do. I can tell you that the pies on the side, the pork apple inside, has been crimped by Monica because just of the technique she does, where Ailey, she's got a complete different technique. Jackie, Veronica, uh, Stephanie, is now new with us, everyone's got their own unique way. And I think, as we mentioned earlier, it's that uniqueness of, it's not factory-made, everything's made by hand.
4: It's a destination already, um, and we want to make it more of a destination. Uh, We want a place to be for locals to enjoy as well as tourists. We recognise that the tourists are great during the summer, but we really need the local support during the the quieter months. One of the reasons John Snyder, who owns the business, uh, he's been quite blunt when he acquired the business. It's 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 not for financial reward. His target is to see more school children in the local primary school by giving people jobs. Um, we want to develop here with uh, a new, we're gonna call it the Boathouse. So it's a, it's a really nice looking uh, bar restaurant, cantilever, almost over the river, really striking. It's gonna to add to that destination feel. Um, that's an addition to redeveloping the larder as well. Uh, so we're gonna create more jobs there. And secondly, we're recognizing that we can't make uh, pack and distribute enough pies to meet demand. Yeah. Um, Lock-in is the same size as it was when we took over, but we're doing three times the amount of pies. So we've recognised that we're bursting at the seams. Uh, we want to do more. So we're planning to open a purpose-built pie production facility just two miles up the road on a piece of land that we, we own already. So it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of 12 to 36-month project.
6: We're not machines. We're, we make mistakes, We but the beauty is our pies at the end of the day. Only the best will go out. And once they're not suitable, we will eat.
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> but yeah, as you can see, they're just beautiful.
0: <laughs> they are beautiful. Well, I suppose I ought to, to try and choose some to buy. I wonder what Dan's going to like. I think Dan's going to be possibly a venison and cranberry uh, or a pork, pork apple and cider. I'm not sure. But anyway, I shall buy some pies and take them away
6: for a taste test. Of course
1: you can. Oh, that sounded good. I love pies. If you can't get up to Loch Inver to go and get yourself a pie from the Loch Inver Larder, then go and check out piesbypost.co.uk, where you can order them online.
0: And if after hearing that you guys can't wait to get your chops around a pie, you're in luck because I have a couple here for us to try. We shall get a, a, a brew on and get a couple of tea first. Um, worth mentioning, if you want to find out more about any of the things we're up to in this episode, just head for northcoast500.com. Ben, tell us a bit more about Mackenzie um, Mountaineering and some of the things that you, you offer. There's, there's a bit of the guiding and walking as we talked about, but give us a, a, a fuller picture.
2: Um. We're doing this for over 10 years now and we started to do that all over Scotland but then when we moved up to Ullapool and kind of the northwest of Scotland we, we moved more towards like local stuff and one day walking adventures so if you come out on a day with us we, we would obviously bring nature close to you but also the history, geology and we tried to combine it in in one great day out and it's all about fun as well so we're trying to do a bit of mountain safety have chats about how it works with mountain rescue and also prepare you to actually maybe go further afield on your own so I'll give you a few bits and bobs in your hand to say maybe that walk would be great to do or that walk afterwards because it's not all about just being with us all the time but to prepare you to go further We can do navigation days to teach them how to navigate with a map and compass which is in Scotland still essential and a very important safety tool um, because obviously the new mapping softwares on the phones are great but they're actually an extra like a bonus and should not always be used especially when the weather is not great or cold.
1: And and how much are the walks around here and and the day trips and guiding that you offer all abilities and, and because we've talked about going higher up the hills. Some people may want to to go low level or a very easy stroll and just learn more about the land they're walking.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have on the website like a walking list if you want, and we're trying to combine things as well and make easier walks or have easier walks, have kind of middle ground, harder walks, hills, monroes, I mean, there's you call it. it everything everyone wants to do we do offer we also do bespoke stuff but we're also trying to combine like a bike and walk as example where you cycle and walk because there's some great routes to do that also um, we have used um, boats as well which is great we have more and more boats in other pool and surroundings which are sometimes really good to use to get to to an axis of a mountain or an easier walk and then we drive some back afterwards and it's it's all abilities and we, we tailor as well so if, we have a request for 10, a fe- big family. They don't want a difficult walk, so we do something easy. Rue Lighters is perfect for that. Or as I say, knockin' uh, crags, or you have the Gill caves, bone caves. There's plenty of opportunities to do easier stuff too.
1: Well, one of the other joys of this part of the Northwest Highlands is you can find true wilderness wherever you go, and there's pretty much undiscovered pockets of that to explore all over the place. You just need to open your eyes and look around you. Ewan McLachlan from Ascent Development Trust gave me a time. He gave me a remote location and told me to bring my dry suit, which is a bit squeaky and still fits. We went on a mission to go snorkeling. All the information I had about this snorkel swim was three words, hydration, emperor mainly and then I had a time, 12 o'clock. And I've driven for about 20 minutes along a single track road. I found a lay by, and now I'm standing in my dry suit, which is this squeaky rubber sound we can hear. And I found Ewan. Ewan, good to meet you, thank you for this. This is exciting, but you know, we're we're gonna go snorkeling.
3: I can't see the sea. Well, we have uh, a little walk ahead of us. It's slightly precarious. This is probably the definition of off the beaten track. But uh, come with me, we'll cross the road, follow the burn and make our way down to a hidden secret beach that not an awful lot of people know about. This really is follow the burn.
1: Is that, is, are we going down here? Yeah. It's like a cutting in the rock. It's like, the, it's like a mini Chalamet Gap in the Cairngorms. Just as we're walking down here, you and I can't help but notice we've crossed the burn for the second time and there's a beautifully round stone with a, what
3: looks like gear
1: marks in it, cog marks in it.
3: That'll be part of the old mill. The mill? Yeah. And and we're, we're coming up close to you. see there's a, a little building here um, that was the mill. You know, families lived in rock here. Obviously, they've got the natural flow of the burn from the loch up above been able to turn and grind the mill. Grind Grind the grains, grind the the flowers. All part of the the important infrastructure of 19th century Assam. This is where we would have got our bread from. It was in use, there was a hearth tax list of 1691 and mentioned the mill there. 1759, there were mentions of four mills. What a spot you've brought me to, Ewan.
1: The tide is in. The wave, there's no wind here. It's you, me, two sheep, a beach, two snorkels, two masks.
3: Let's do it. It's beautiful. And also you can hear in the background here, there's a waterfall.
1: There is. That's the burn from the mill, isn't it? Yeah.
3: It's got quite a drop. I mean, look at the height we've walked down.
1: There are some wonderful beaches in Ascent. They're big, they're isolated. We have got a tiny little beach in front of us that's maybe five metres wide, with the way the tide is at the minute, 15 metres long of golden sand, crystal clear water, turns squawking in the background. I can see
3: why you wanted to bring me snorkelling today, Ewan. Look at the water. Look how clear it is. You know, you've got an amazing kelp forest in there. You can see the darkness around the edges there of those rocks. The water's incredibly clear. It's very cold, but it's clear. Bring a wetsuit. But the beach is beautiful. You can sit here, while away the hours, watch the sun cross over the ocean and just drink it all in. This is about peace and quiet and tranquility.
1: That's a lovely thing about this part of the country, isn't it? We are absolutely blessed with some of the most beautiful marine life, marine flora and fauna in the northwest of Scotland. I think, as a diver, in, to be honest, the
3: northern hemisphere. Well, you know yourself the number of dolphins and seals and porpoises that you encounter every time you're in the water. And our waters are alive with these animals and, and they're curious. Yeah. The seals will come in. They'll take a look at you, and then something else will grab their attention, and off they go. And you're left just to to look at the fish and the, the crabs and what have you. No, it's, and the kelp is just amazing. The kelp, but that's when you get the the light right above, and you're, you're floating on the surface or diving down a wee bit. Just the way the kelp forests move here, it's it's magical. It is really another world. It's exhilarating. You know, the, I get passionate about it because. It's just one of the most beautiful spots I can think of and I've travelled most of the world and if this was 10 degrees normal, <laughs> 10 degrees higher, it would be stowed out, you know. It would be, you know, it's a tropical beach. There's no two ways about it, just slightly chillier. But on those days, when we do hit 24, 25, there's nowhere like it. Nowhere like this.
1: <laughs> Let's go. Enough talking. Let's just take all microphones and headphones off. And we just leave those on the beach. There's nobody here but us. Right, we'll get zipped up. Right, we're, we're zipped up, suited up, wet suits, dry suits. And we're we going and we're gonna go in here and just follow around to the right for a we while, shall we? It's brilliant. Right. I always love that first bit you're walking into the water come and join me up here Ewan that was good wasn't it it's just beautiful just how clear is that the water was so beautifully clear some of those kelp forests the colors even though we're coming out of winter uh-huh. when the kelp sort of degrades and the color changes you can see it starting to come back to life already it's vibrant
3: it's yeah. so important for us it really is it's just this amazing source of energy and just it's just the most beautiful sight to see under the water there and the, did you see the way the light was coming through of course it just crab. becomes dappled yeah yeah oh it's yeah. just stunning it really is i
1: didn't see anything moving living no no no, no crabs well no.
3: it's early in the season it's a but, you know, <laughs> thankfully the jellyfish aren't here yet but yeah they'll be here eventually be
1: here. i feel really really privileged that you brought me here to this
3: beach you are there's not so many people i'll bring here because it's a very special place isn't yeah, it it's quite, quite beautiful and quite hidden away, tucked away I mean it's the kind of place that most people will just fly by you know the, the folk doing the North Coast 500 they, they've got set destinations places they must go and thankfully some of them are slowing down now they're, they're coming and they're spending longer ideally with the development trust what we want to do is for a few of those that like it and love it consider living here you know, people are working from remote, they're working from home now. There's no reason why people can't come here, build a house, bring their kids up here, live here and just enjoy the quality of life that's on our doorstep. What's your role and what's the overall role of the Trust? Our, our goal is to for, you know, to work towards the betterment for, for life and asset for people. Uh, we're, a, we're a community that's under threat. Uh, you know, list endless list of problems we have. But we choose to live here and struggle through it and, and make the most of it because it is just a beautiful place to live. But a, a number of things we do, you know, for example, with, with the rise in traffic and tourism and the use of motorhomes, I, I feel for a lot of the motorhome folk because nobody wants to drive about with a full tank all week and nowhere to enter it. So we set up the waste motorhome waste disposal unit. Uh, in the community-owned us and Leisure Centre, and uh, it's called the Cludgy Project. Aptly named the Kludgy, the Kludgy Pro- Project. Project. Been- and and for, for
1: those who aren't quite... The Kludgy Project, I mean, this is where the, the community-owned chemical toilet waste disposal in the middle of Loch Inver anybody passing by can go and use it.
3: Yep, there's a contactless system going in the next few weeks. Uh, the motorhome drums are banging People know it's there. It's been a long time coming. And it, it saves, you know, those poor folk that, you know, it didn't wa- nobody wants to dump their waste at the side of the road and put it out the, the peat lands in the peatlands and the moors and what have you. So we've got this uh, motorhome fully operational now, and I'd advise anyone a motorhome or camper fan come and use it.
1: And, and there is that saying, isn't there, that where there's muck, there's brass. <laughs> So, yes, it's a community-run thing, and the more people that use it, but is the return going back into the community?
3: The the, the income goes to the, the Ascent Leisure Centre. The Ascent Leisure Centre is owned by the community. Uh, we're not funded by Highlands uh, Council or Sports Scotland, so the money goes back into the leisure centre for the facilities, etc. So... Nobody's making a profit out of this. It's we're providing a service. Um, and it's you know, it will it will pay itself back over many, many years, you know, in the fact that people know they can now stop here which means that they'll be shopping in the local shops, they'll be buying in the gift shops, they'll be visiting the attractions, etc.
1: And and more importantly, they'll be able to go and explore more of Ascent, which is one of the other fundamental arms of the development trust, isn't it? To get people to go and explore more of this Absolutely
3: beautiful part of Northwest Scotland. Well, with the, the Development Trust um, a couple of years ago took on the running of Discover Ascent, which was a community-operated tourism body. We have a constant presence with people coming, and we advocate that people slow down. That when they come to to Loch Inver and park up the car, take a walk, go visit Culag Woods, go up go up towards Sylvan, up to Canis, go around the Woods or walk over from uh, Badidareg over to Achmelveg and then along the coastal route, You might possibly pass this hidden little beach if you do that. But you might not. Yeah, you've got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't follow the wrong sheep trail. i tell you, one of the nicest things I've done is taken a stroll along the headland out towards Kilkeen. There's an arch out there that nobody really knows much about. And you've got the will, you've got the strength of the minch pouring into the waters there. You could you can walk round to to store, the old man of store. We have our store here as well, which is this column, eroding sea column. People climb it and the view from there is just spectacular. You're looking all the way up the northwest coast and all the way down towards Reef and you can see the islands from there. Come year round. The light here I'm a photographer as well, and the golden hour that we get in the in the morning, sunrise and sunset through the year is just spectacular. Yeah, it's more than just a couple of nice beaches and a few hills. There's so much to see.
1: Ewan, it's been wonderful speaking to you. I can't help, but want to go back in before we leave here. But we just put this down and go for Back now. in, let me spot that seal. that's about? I was with Ewan McLachlan from the Ascent Development Trust. For more information about the Trust and their local projects, just go to discoverascent.co.uk or ascentdevelopmenttrust.org.
0: I thought that sounded absolutely amazing. Now I, was, I could picture that kelp forest and the kind of dappled light going through it.
1: And it was lovely. It was just the two of us, as you heard, and it was a beautiful day. And honestly, we could have just sat and floated in the water, even without looking under the surface. Just that feeling the water move, as just gently, as we slowly drifted around the rocks, it was He's an old romantic, isn't he, Ben?
2: <laughs> it sounds like it, but I really <laughs> want to do that.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. Have you not done snorkeling? No, blanket? not at all. I mean,
2: I've seen the snorkel trail and everything, but I haven't managed to, to actually do that, and I wouldn't do it on my own as well. I would actually would like to have someone guiding me doing that.
0: What struck me was it that Ewan showed you down a real... I mean, it sounds like a true hidden gem, um, a real discovery. I mean, is that something that, that, that you find, Ben, that, that with the walking as well, that this is a place of, of discovery, of hidden gems?
2: Yes, of course. I mean, there's loads of routes a lot of people don't know. And takes a post path, as example. You don't have to go the whole way because it can be quite daunting and quite exposed for a lot of people. But even if you just go up a bit and then turn inland, you find loads of small lock ins where you can spend whole afternoon on your own, not seeing a soul and just relax. And yes, you have hidden gems every corner.
1: What would be your one ultimate you realize That's,
0: if you tell us, then everyone's going to go and spoil it <laughs> by being there. So give us your number two, then. <laughs> number two. Uh,
2: it's a difficult question because we have that a lot with with clients asking that exactly the same thing. So what is your best hill? What is your best spot? And it changes. Uh, it's kind of depends on my mood. It depends on the time mm-hmm. of the year. And, and there's as there's so many that so sometimes one is more than the other. And But most of the time, I just love being on, on mountains with people and show them, the beauty of what you can see far and wide close up around us
0: it's a great thing to be able to share isn't it
2: yes i love that that's why i love the job so much because i like to be alone sometimes but i like to be with people and just share the passion to them and something we're really really passionate about is the land
0: i think that that's a point about ascent in this area and maybe about the whole of the north of scotland is that you don't do it in one, in one sitting. You don't come here and think, oh, well, I've done acid. No way. E- every time you come back, it is different. Even if you go up the same hill, it, it feels different. It's different weather. It's, it's a different time of year. Just it, it kind of, it's generous in giving you something every single time. Yeah, you know, absolutely. there's sort of no limit to how many times you can come back. Absolutely. We're going to get out these pies, pies. now.
2: Oh, pies. <laughs> pies. I love a pie.
0: <laughs> it is pie time. Um, While well, well Dan gets the, the pies out, Ben, remind us where we can get more information about Mackenzie Mountaineering.
2: Um, you can go on our website. That's probably the easiest way. It's uh, www.mckenziemountaineering.com. Um, you find a lot of stuff about the one-day walks, but we also do three-day walking adventures. We have a Northwest tour as well, where we seven days are based in Ullapool and every day is a different walk mostly going to the north in Ascent, of course. Um, but that's the best place, but we are on Instagram as well and, and Facebook. Here we so
1: go.
0: we're gonna to have to share them, but that's... Is coffee in there. I'll oh,
2: take a coffee.
1: That one's slightly milkier, that one's slightly stronger.
2: Okay, We've Got it takes a stronger one.
1: Apple and blackcurrant,
2: or Ooh.
1: my favourite, chocolate, pear and almond. Ooh. Oh, very nice. I
0: thought we'd go sweet. I thought it might be sweet as always we good out, <laughs> out and about sweet Wait. is good dan's got the knife yep. well we are going to sit here and enjoy the view and enjoy our coffee and tea and our pie i really do hope that we've persuaded you to stop off and spend time in ascent because as as we've been waxing lyrical Ooh. it Ooh. is an amazing yeah. part of the world i'm going to try this one pairing and yep. chocolate
1: thank you do check out the north coast 500 website Northcoast500.com and download the app for more inspiration and information. Not just here in Ascent, but there is information about the whole of the North Coast 500 reach. For now, from Ben, from Penn, and from me, catch you next time.
0: What do you
2: that one? Some of that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. That
0: smells amazing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's good. There's no skimping on filling, is there? Nope. Come nope. on, oh I love, me.
2: doing Sullivan, early day coming back down, pie shop oh. in Lorinda. I Perfect. I can imagine after a day. Perfect finish of the day. <laughs> could be savoury, it could be sweet, whatever the hard ones.
0: The North Coast 500 podcast is an adventurous audio limited production for the North Coast 500.